Okay. Right, folks, uh, you're on Radio FM 88 Australia, and um, nothing surprises me better than on a Thursday night, which is a Thursday morning over there in the UK, to have um, Andrina <coughs> speak to two fantastic females who are into natural health solutions, and that's the show tonight. So um, without any further ado, Andrina, hand it over to you. Thank you, Jeffrey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dream in the New Dream. And today is the 15th, the 2nd, 2024. So happy Valentine's for yesterday for those lovely ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, maybe. Um, right. You know that I'm passionate about health and I love anything to do with health. And there's many levels to do with health. And I know when you don't feel well, um, and you, you know, it's all about listening to your body and or finding the right um, practitioner who can help you. And like I always say, you cannot go into a health shop and buy 20 pounds worth of health. So we've got two lovely ladies here today. We've got Esther Thomas and Jackie Ludwig. So welcome both of you. And it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And, nice to be here. And I know like between you, you've got many, many, many years of experience of um, health. And I know um, Esther is the proud owner of Olia Holistic Care. Um, and you've got an interesting story because Jackie worked first before you came along and you've got the business and and now you're growing and glowing. So without further ado, um, who would like to start first? Because um, I know we've talked about, so who would like to start the journey first? Jackie. Sure, I'll jump in first if that's all right. Yeah, yeah no, that's fine. So Andrina. Thanks, Andrina. Yeah, first of all, it would be lovely if you could go in and buy 20 pounds of health. Wouldn't that be simple? <laughs> Wouldn't be as interesting, though, but certainly do agree you're right. So um, I just wanted to give you a bit of a rundown as we're having a chat this evening and starting to talk about all things natural health about what brought me into it. Um, obviously, it's something that you are drawn to and would like mm. to do. So it's something I grew up with in my family, always using natural health solutions as first line options and using them for health. So it's pretty natural for me. I didn't start down this path. I began at university studying um, other degrees, um, began, beginning another degree, found it a little bit boring and began to do a summer school subject on the side in massage, which I loved, found my way to help people. And that led me into, instead of going straight into massage, into naturopathy. So uh, from there, I haven't looked back, <laughs> didn't complete the other degrees. So I haven't looked back completing a Bachelor of Health Science in natural in naturopathy and then going on to upgrade to a diploma in remedial massage as well. So my journey has been mostly in Brisbane, um, just local, fairly local here, traveling to different areas of Brisbane, um, working in a variety of different setups. Um, health food store, um, clinic situations, as well as chiropractic clinics, and now a multi-modality clinic here in Springwood in Brisbane, Australia. So I must say I've had the pleasure of working alongside a number of different practitioners from chiropractors, other naturopaths, acupuncturists, iridologists along the way. And really, I have learned a lot from working with those people as well as from the people that I've seen. I find that that's probably the biggest thing is meeting the amazing people 
that I see on a day-to-day basis in clinic as well. Um, everyone has an amazing story, really, <laughs> and with where they've come. Everyone who I see in natural health is interested in looking after their health and taking responsibility for their health, which is really great and aligns with what we do and what we want to do. So it just really makes you want to help people in whatever way you can. Mm-hmm. So using it with all the information and knowledge is just our way of being able to help people find mm-hmm. what they need then along the way so i've had natural medicine has helped a number of my family members through things from um nervous breakdowns back in the days when nothing was there to be done about it to um back we're talking um mid-1900s there so from way back in the family to my own personal journey with um skin disorders that couldn't be resolved through medicine but Um, And at first I couldn't resolve it myself with naturopathy, but through working with and seeing other naturopaths along my journey as well, um, managed to resolve it quite quickly in the end when we worked out what it was. (laughs) So it's been a pleasure to be able to pass that on and help other people with things like that on their journey as well. So I've been here at Olea Health for a number of years and um, very recently I've met Esther along the journey and we began to work together um, just last year. So it's been fairly short, but I think we get along well, we work along the same lines and it's been a pleasure getting to know her and working with her. So I might quickly jump over and let Esther tell you her story of how she got to be here too, before we start talking about more what we do. (laughs) Thank you, Jackie, that's lovely. Okay, well, welcome Esther. I'm looking forward to hearing how you started your journey. Well, my journey is probably a little bit longer, um, but um, I guess for me where it started was um, when I was 14, I went from um, being age champion at school, really sporty, really fit, to all of a sudden not being able to get out of bed. Um, I And I had in, uh, significant fatigue and um, at that time, uh, fatigue wasn't really chronic fatigue wasn't really super recognized as a thing. Um, And so I really struggled um, with going from like sport being my favorite subject and all of those things at school to um, really struggling in my health. And um, I went to the doctors and they did some blood tests on me and basically couldn't find anything in my blood tests and um, just kind of labelled it as um, it's teenage, you know, she's just a teenager um, and a um, bit of laziness and all of those things, which obviously for me wasn't a good enough answer um, because for me and for my whole family, they could see such a massive change in my health. And um, so then I just started Googling some things, diet, lifestyle. I started to make a few changes in my diet. And, um, and then a few years later, so, that's, so that really helped me and I was able to go back to school, but wasn't 100%. And um, then I started to see a naturopath myself. And I'd actually, I didn't even know what a naturopath was at the time. And pretty much as soon as I went, I felt so heard. Um, and so validated that my symptoms weren't normal and um, that there were things that you could do about it. 
Um, at the at the time, I think doing my research as a teenager, I pretty much self-diagnosed myself with chronic fatigue syndrome because I was like, well, all of my symptoms are lining up with this. Um, and then many years later, the doctors ended up diagnosing me with that, um, which I, of course, already knew that that's what I had. But, um, but then working with a naturopath just there were so many light bulbs going off in my mind and I was like, wow, these things were not being taught. How come we don't know about these things? Um, and so I just grew my passion. And um, and then after I finished school, I, I worked in community services work and worked with primary age children, supporting them at school, um, which I really loved. And, and I thought that I would be in that community services space for a while. Um, but then I just kept on finding myself researching more natural things. I found myself, you know, making um, water kefir and fermented things at home and, and just really getting into it more. And, um, and so basically I, um, I kind of one day prayed, to be honest, God, is this what I'm supposed to do? Or is this just um, a, a, like a passion? And actually that night I had a really significant dream um, that really confirmed to me that that was what I was meant to do. Um, and then I got offered a position to work in a naturopathic clinic as a receptionist, which kind of came out of the blue and I wasn't expecting it. Um, and it was on the exact days that I could do it and everything just lined up. And it was just so clear that that was what I was meant to do. So I ended up studying um, a degree in um, natural, uh, it's a Bachelor of Health Science specializing in naturopathy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so now here we are and um, uh, yeah, really enjoying um, running Aaliyah Health and um, loving the challenge of working with patients with lots of complex health conditions. Um, yeah, that's our little clinic there. So um, it's a beautiful little um, calm and relaxing space. And um, yeah, so that's kind of my journey of how I've come to where I am now. Wow, fantastic. <laughs> um, so do you like, one of you like to share about naturopathy? What, you know, what is it all about for people that don't know? You can go for it, Jackie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, let me know if I get too carried away here. <laughs> but yeah, it's all good. <laughs> With naturopathy, what we aim to do is we're just really looking to support the body, support the body's natural healing mechanisms, the ability of the body to be well, to be in balance. Our bodies are designed and they are built to, to heal. They're built to be well. They're built to keep going. Um, there's sometimes we push our bodies too far if we're not listening to our bodies in certain ways. Um, a little bit like what Esther was talking about. We've all probably experienced it at times, maybe a number of different times in different ways, um, when we don't know things and we're not aware of and we just keep pushing through in a certain direction um, when we needed to rest or when we needed to adjust our nutrition or when we needed to change something or support a different system in our body. Our body will adapt, it will cope, it will keep going, but it doesn't mean it goes well. <laughs> because everything is so intricately linked and it's just so dynamic and so complex. Um, having come from the background with the Bachelor of Health Science, I think we tend to be a little bit of um, biochemistry nerds in that sense of understanding how it all works. 
um, with the different feedback systems and loops and things like that and how it all really affects each other. Um, so we um, look to just support those different areas and we um, try to find get the body back to balance and back to that homeostasis that it's always looking for. Every single day our body is interacting with its environment, with the different um, microbes in the environment, different temperatures, all the different things we're experiencing, as well as on um, not just on that physical level, but on an emotional and on a spiritual level. We're interacting with people, with our environment, and that all affects us over time. <laughs> so I think we need to look at considering all of that as well. Um, imbalances in any or all of those areas can make us unwell. So we have a lot of different ways that we support, but our goal is balance and supporting homeostasis there, So, which is always changing. So just once you feel great, that doesn't mean that doing exactly what you're doing for the rest of your life is going to make you keep feeling great. We do need to adapt, we need to adjust, and we need to keep, keep working. So um, we need to rethink things sometimes about what we need and where we're at. Definitely. And, Sometimes we need support in doing that. Sometimes we can realise it ourselves and sometimes we need support to talk to someone else and get that outside perspective um, and sometimes that knowledge of that other person to be able to help us through and get that balance again. So um, there is, and I might handball over to you, Esther, if you wanted to um, talk about the different um I guess principles that we practice with naturopathy. There's a set of mm -hmm. principles that we talk about and that we are guided by with our treatments that sometimes differentiate us a little bit from other areas of, of healthcare and that side of things. So. Okay, over to you, Esther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, like Jackie said, definitely a strong belief in that not, um, not everyone is the same and, and can't be treated the same. And, and there's so many different aspects that affect our health. Mm. Um, and, you know, and this is where sometimes the whole um, marketing of these miracle tablets can come into um, play here of like, this will cure this, this will fix this. But really as naturopaths, we look at you as an individual person. We look at what's going on in your life, what's going on in your, um, like your home situation. What are you eating? What's your lifestyle like? What is your spiritual practices? What are, where's your emotional health at and how these are interacting with you? Um, we might go into it a little bit later, but also looking at your constitution and, and different ways that your body is showing um, different signs um, in that sense as well. Um, so that's, I guess, where we're really unique is looking at you as an individual and, and, um, and treating you that way. And that's why our consultation process is longer um, because we really try and get really in-depth um, insights into what's going on for you. Um, so coming into our naturopathic principles, um, first do no harm is our, is the first one. And I think that's mm. quite across the board, you know, doctors and, and things like that um, try and adhere to this as well. Um, but the second one is the healing power of nature. So we really believe that, um, that there is so much um, richness in nature um, to be able to heal our bodies. And if you have studied plant, um, this, the science of plants, then your mind will just be so blown at how 
um, many constituents are involved in plants and how they work synergistically together um, to bring healing in your body. It's actually so fascinating um, and, um, and there is so much in nature to be able to utilise. Um, but also within that is also that our body has the amazing capacity to heal itself as well if given the right tools. Um, and there's so many amazing documentaries out there that talk about this as well. And people have so many um, unique stories. Um, but the power of the mind, the power of, um, of yeah, thought um, and the power of rest and foods and plants and all of these things that can bring um, healing to our bodies. Um, and our body is always trying to heal itself. And that's the beautiful thing. I remember mm. reading a quote a few years ago of... Um, every time we eat, we have an opportunity to um, to give our body the tools it needs to heal or to bring disease. Um, and every time that we um, that we go about a day, that we eat, that we're stressed, that all these things are happening, our body is working hard to try and heal, and we just need to give it the tools that it needs. Um, and so the next one is identify and treat the cause. Um, and this is really, I guess, what sets us apart. We're not, we're not looking at just trying to treat your symptoms. Obviously, that's a goal along the way that your symptoms will reduce. And usually, you know, a lot of the times we see the, this happen quite quickly. For some people, it can take a bit longer. But we're looking at the underlying cause of what is actually causing that. Um, and one of the one of the key questions that i ask my patients all the time is was there something significant in your life that happened at the time that your symptoms started and i would say oh at least 80 percent of the time there there is something that's going on whether it's in their life um something emotional going on something spiritual something a physical move to a different place or um whatever it might be. And, and so when we're looking at the cause, we're actually looking at so many different aspects, not just, okay, there's something going on with your blood pressure. Okay, it's, you know, your heart or is the valve going on or something like that. But we're actually looking at other aspects of what's going on underneath. And we're trying to treat the root cause of what that is so that you can have long lasting health into the future and not just have temporary symptom relief. Um, and that's really our goal. Um, and sometimes, like I said, this happens quickly and other times this is a process um, step by step and um, a little bit of trial and error sometimes as well because everybody responds differently. Sometimes um, it even surprises us. It's quicker than we expect with the healing yeah. <laughs> because the body can be so amazing. So. Yeah. yeah. Sorry was, to interrupt. I, in no, that's great. I was actually <laughs> saying to Jackie today, one of my patients, um, she's had... Um, sinus issues her whole life and she's tried so many over-the-counter things and um, all these different things and she's in her 60s now and never had any relief and um, I started her on one particular supplement and she has no no sinus issues anymore after just that one supplement and I said to Jackie I even surprised myself how quickly that that worked and but this is the key thing and for her I could see that there was um there was excess histamines in her body. So we did a process of clearing out those histamines and her symptoms reduced. Um, and so um, this is why at naturopaths, we're continually picking up little key things that people are saying through the consultation process to be like, okay, we can see there's a little bit going on here, making up a whole puzzle piece of what's going on for you. Um, yeah, which is super cool. Um, yeah, 
we are like a puzzle, aren't we? Really, you know, you sort mm -hmm. of all these different pieces, and like like you say, you've treated somebody with something, and like that that piece of puzzle slipped in so quickly, you yes. know. Whereas you're still trying to put the rest in, and there's so many aspects to the body, and and I mean another thing is listening to the body as well. Um, yeah, you know, so, some people can get the message straight away and understand what's going on. And it's like, say, um, blood pressure. Well, I, and I say to people, you know, they're taking blood pressure pills because um, obviously I try to do everything as natural mm -hmm. as possible. But, the, you know, other, yeah. play, other people have their place, um, but not my first choice. But, mm -hmm. well, you know, like they talk about their blood pressure pills and what have you. And they said, well, blood pressure, what's bubbling away under the surface? What has been going on for a long time that you haven't dealt with? You know, it's, it's like yeah. another aspect is the emotional and it of, Mm -hmm. of what's going on and then yeah, and, and like you say you go back to well somebody said well my you know my partner walked out on me or or yeah. something made you really angry and they've not dealt with it and it's like really still woo -woo -woo yeah. under the surface isn't it absolutely yeah. and you're right some people do know almost know exactly what they need when they come in and they as you're unraveling and delving into it they're almost telling you what they need at times and we just mm -hmm. you know tweak a few things that can make that difference from what they've already been trying other yeah. times it's just you know someone's lost or they're completely unaware of that something's happening could be affecting um their health in some yeah. sort of way as well so um yeah. it's always good to be able to help people see what's going mm -hmm. on and it always makes so much sense to them as well which is yeah. helpful because if people can understand what's going on in their health and understand their body they can yeah. manage the health and that's what it's about back to mm -hmm. that continually changing balance of homeostasis all the time is yeah. we all uh, want to and well we all want to and should be able to help manage our health and keep mm -hmm. it on track as best we can yeah right. what, what what do you find is the most i mean i know you do when you so if you run this through a consultation do you do a take blood samples in the first consultation just to check you know so can you run us past what happens sure. there yeah well we do talk a lot in a consultation we ask a lot of questions and that's a lot to start with because we do want to get to know you and we've got to know your system and sometimes there's a lot to get to know sometimes it's more brief depending on the age and where people have how their lives have um, played out so far um, but after we've got a lot of information from people we also use their body signs to tell us what's going on. So we wanna see what their actual body is telling us. So that's where we have some other um, naturopathic tools, we call them, um, mm -hmm. that help us to see what might be happening. So we use a number of those sorts of things. Um, one thing we um, do is things like tongue analysis, mm -hmm. um, where we look at the tongue, and that's something that can change quite often as what's happening. Um, that brings us back to some of our roots in the ancient medicine as well, some of these things, um, where we can get signs of dryness, heat, those sorts of things, some of those more humoral type things back in Hippocratic type times, the um, terminology that they used more so, that's used in different um, forms of healthcare and different types of um, TCM, Aveda, those sorts of things. Mm. Um, and practices as well so we do that sort of thing 
Um, we can do small um, blood pricks and look at some cells under the screen to have a screening process. That can give us an idea if the body needs, yeah, so something like this picture so we can see the cells, the red blood cells and the white blood cells. And um, from that small idea there with training I've had to see what they should look like, we can get a bit of an idea um, if there's, um, could be underlying inflammation happening in the system. It only gives us so much information. We have to use our other skills then to also be able to work out where is that, where could that inflammation be? What else could be contributing to this? Um, what else could be happening here yeah. to make that? So, and that's why we also continue to use then um, other tools. We look at nails as well um, to see the health, nutritional health and um, of the body as well and even iris analysis I find is a big one back to what Esther was mentioning about we um, our different constitutions mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people who are have been around in the natural health industry or area for a little while or interested in natural health have probably heard of constitutions in some form of another um, mm -hmm. they're very big at different levels in homeopathy Aveda different types of modalities there as well um, but we probably tend to look at the iris analysis a lot to get a constitutional type which gives us an idea of what that body might be more prone to um, what areas might be more overactive in the system what areas might be more underactive where strengths are weaknesses that sort of thing as well so some of that can be inherited um, to the person and some of that can be um, lifestyle guided mm. or just part of that person's makeup mm. as well that gives us a good idea of again like Esther was saying we um, everyone needs to be treated differently because everybody is different um, having a look at someone's getting an idea of someone's constitution lets us mm. know how we can approach and how to best get results mm. for them what mm. they need and that yep. can be very different. So, for instance, um, something simple, um, as I mentioned, say sinus before. And over the years of practice, just thinking about it, um, people have so many different causes and so many different reasons for having chronic sinusitis or sinus mm. infections or problems there as well. So some people can find resolution through um, herbal medicine and, again, different herbs for different things. <laughs> There is some people through nutritional support, looking at skin barrier healing and tissue support there. Other people dietary. So like you were mentioning, Andrina, with um, sometimes you'll eat something you know straight away from a sneeze or a feeling in your throat or a tickle or a cough that yeah. might not be in a true allergy or such, but something's not quite right <laughs> there with that food in your system there as well even though it might be a wonderfully healthy food yeah <laughs> so, and we also then need to narrow down is it the sourcing of the food things that might be on the food or is it the actual food and the the natural chemical components of that food that could mm. be creating a reaction in the body and you've really got to look at the labels now aren't you in food because there's a lot of hidden um like i mentioned previously there's you know we know there's a lot of insects being brought in and under a different label which mm. which doesn't just say well that's that insect and that number is that insect it's like a broader picture of a job lot of whatever in something and and i know i've um because i'm a veggie 
um, and I look at some of these plant-based foods and then when you look at all this fillers and starches and oh so many things and it's it's like I don't think I want that you know <laughs> you you know and I know there's little books you can get that tell you what everything you know like what emulsifiers mean or what a certain yeah. number is but you know it's it's like mm -hmm. quite an education when you read a little and you know I I read a lot of labels now I'm sort of you know like over here rapeseed oil is in everything and palm oil still and it's like yeah you know but yeah anyway so, so what yeah. what what guidance could you give to people you know because like people get rashes on their skins or they've got um like um fungi toenails and things like that and <laughs> and they sort of let it go on and don't yeah. think it's anything until at some point it think these things get worse and but you know mm -hmm. and they're putting stuff on on the outside but not looking what's because mm -hmm. it's coming from outside you know inside out yeah mm -hmm. that's right exactly it's that's needing the holistic and sometimes for a rash you might want a cream to soothe it or something like yeah. that it's yeah. itchy or dry but often the skin can represent things that are happening on the internal skin so what's happening on the inside especially often related to what's happening in the digestive tract or the digestive mm -hmm. system we tend yeah. to find um, there can be certainly other factors as well um, mm -hmm. things like stress it can be as simple sometimes as a contact reaction mm -hmm. <laughs> um, as well of something that someone hasn't picked up like you're saying with labels it might be a skincare mm -hmm. product or something that you might use the same one even but they've changed the ingredients yeah. and there's something in there that isn't agreeing with you so yeah. but there is quite a process to go through to really work out something, mm -hmm. especially like skin, because there's so many different angles that could be irritating it. Yeah. <laughs> and it can be very overwhelming to try and do yourself as well at times, <laughs> um, especially when it comes, if you narrow it down to think, is it something I'm eating? It can be very overwhelming to think, well, what can I eat? Because I need nutrition. I need to get my macronutrients. I need my micronutrients. But mm -hmm. what if I can't eat amines? What if I can't eat salicylates? What if it's the gluten? What if it's the dairy? You mm -hmm. can't stop eating everything all the time no. <laughs> to work out. Although sometimes an elimination diet can be very helpful, as I found, <laughs> um, as identifying problems there. Mm -hmm. um, it also can be very difficult to do in this day and age especially yeah. lots of things um yeah. being hidden and sometimes it can be harder to for some people who aren't used to always just having just fresh food as well so it's not yeah. always an easy thing to just adjust to in a quick yes. yes and i think like as well um another thing that we do often for people is is do tests for them so we can look at things like food intolerance we can actually do tests on their gut to look at their microbiome. Is there a, um, an overgrowth of bacteria? Is there candida in the gut? Um, all of those types of things. We can look at your urine, your hair. We can look at heavy metals, um, you know, your vitamins, nutrients, all of those things. We do quite comprehensive testing um, and very in-depth to kind of get an idea as well of what's going on. Um, so that's really great that we can do that sometimes. Because like Jackie said, doing something like an elimination diet can be really challenging, especially yeah. if it takes a long time. 
Whereas sometimes if we can test actually what what is showing up in your blood is as that your body's not reacting well to it. Um, it can make things a little bit um, easier to be like, okay, I'm testing quite high for gluten. I do actually need to cut that out. Or um, it could be something random like um, tomato or, um, you know. Um, so so that's another tool that we can do as well, um, which is really helpful. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. How long is a consultation? Because, you know, like say I come in and, I, you know, I'm covered in a rash or something and, and then obviously you've got asked lots of questions you know to sort of fine tune a little bit what's going on in my life and and yeah. you know like what so how long do you, is your consultation for the first time yeah so our first consultation goes for about an hour um and um within that we try to do um all of the the examinations as much as we can that jackie had talked about as well as the questioning um, I usually do a lot of um, physical examinations as well. So I'm, I'll do stomach palpations. I'll do listen to your chest or do blood pressure, all of those things as well. Um, and uh, always try to stick within the hour, but it can often go longer. Um, but then we do try to encourage a follow-up um, not too long afterwards, um, which mm. generally the follow-up consultations go for around half an hour um, we don't have to dive into quite as much stuff, but we can check in and say, hey, how is this going? Um, how are you responding? Is anything new come up? So we do try to check in. And, and I guess that's um, that's one of the, um, one of the, I guess, naturopathic tools is that we try and really journey along with you. Um, that's one of our principles as doctor, as teacher. Um, and we really don't want to just give you some supplements and send you on your way and hope for the best, but we do want to journey with you on your health um, because sometimes it can take more than, um, you know, overnight to to treat what's going on. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's um, and that's a pretty intense hour in that initial consultation for people. Often people are pretty zonked by the end of it. We've asked them questions from long time ago and a lot about themselves and then we've given a lot of information about what their body is telling us as well at the end there and then usually given them a bit of a, an action plan to get started so it all happens pretty concisely for us we yeah. try to um, I guess both having been there and having come from personal journeys as well um, we know that you just want to get started <laughs> when you yeah. want to go and see someone you want to get yeah. onto it work out where to start from so yeah. Um, we like yeah. to have people moving with an action plan of how they can get started yeah. and then follow up, reassess, see how it's Absolutely. all going. Yeah, and you always lead with something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, you've got a, some homework, essentially, when you leave yeah. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. The fact that they've taken the step to come to you um, mm. is is like oh, step number one and then obviously it's following the guidelines. And like for some people, like, you've got to give up wheat, you've got to give up dairy and, and there's yeah. so many things. And then like, you know, you take bread away and people don't know what to eat. And then of course that includes biscuits yeah. and cakes. And, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, if you're really suffering, then it's quite a lifestyle change to eliminate. And I know um, we buy ancient grains um, yes. because like wheat bloats us out and all sorts of yeah. things. So, you know, you yeah. just really need to be, try to fine tune what you're eating all the time to what's triggering and like i said to you you know i can react with a sneeze 
straight away I might drink something different and next thing I'm sneezing about five times I think oh god what's in here that mm. my body doesn't like you know and yes. so it's you know it can be quite a lifestyle change and not everybody I think can, it can be quite a shock can't it what's going on in the body but it just depends how well you want to be to clear all, the, all what's bubbling away inside clear out your system you know because I know there's you know you can have enemas and all sorts of things but unless you take action to eliminate what's going on inside then it's just like a circle and it's just going round and round it is Absolutely. yeah and it's not very often that um people probably come to us with the very first sign of something in their nail you know usually people have thought oh i'll just try this oh that didn't work i'll just try this yeah. oh that didn't yeah. work um sometimes what they have tried they might be on the right track um, like you said, for some dietary changes, but maybe not quite in the right combination or not for long mm. enough. So that's where we find that if people have tried a few things, if we can use some of that more functional pathology testing, it can help guide us and get them to the end result a bit quicker there. Where yeah. they want to be. So, and mm. also some people come as a last resort or near mm. last resort <laughs> as well. And um, that's yeah. quite common. And that might be a case of um, they've exhausted a lot of options but if we start to talk about things like okay we want to start to cleanse the body we want to start um, we want to start to do a detox to clear things out that can be very confronting for people as well um, mm. we're aware of so we like to be able to explain it break it down what does that involve and that's where we adjust it for everyone a little bit differently um, again, if you've been around um, natural medicine, natural health a bit, you might be familiar with your way or what you've done that's worked for you over time. But we like to break it down to what where people are at as well. Mm -hmm. So for some people, that might be um, one food change that we just look at for a month or for a few, few weeks. And that can make massive changes in a body. Yeah. Then we have to make sure body's keeping up with that supporting it so um on top of making that clean do they need to be moving more to stimulate lymphatic and get everything pumping through and get that moving and dealing with those changes yes. um, they need then to be we help them get better sleep so that during that sleep time their body can repair and restore as well during that time so we try to be very that's where the complexity and the address the causes comes in in a very layered yeah approach and often one step at a time as well yeah. so mm -hmm. if you're doing it yourself you might think oh i'll try this and yeah that cream helped clear that skin thing up fantastic and then it comes back another month later and mm -hmm. it takes a little bit longer for the cream to work this time from our point of view as naturopaths that would be suggesting there's something imbalanced we need to look at what this is <laughs> how can we look at rebalancing and getting this on track do we need to look at stress that's happening do we need to look at diet or dietary changes or the way that the body's processing what you're eating yeah so the digestive system and the way that's working as well mm -hmm. um, more so than just oh it'll be right just put some more cream on it just keep going <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. i know um, yeah. i think um we were out or oh, can't, can't quite recall where in the last couple of weeks and i had to, and my stomach was gurgling away and I thought, oh my God, I mean, <laughs> I don't know quite what was going on, but all I could hear was 
what my my stomach's not happy very sorry and we are in it we do live in a toxic world you know we've got yeah you know patterns all over the sky well over here anyway more so being an island um and then the water, you know, it's not, you know, pure water. So, I mean, I've got a distiller and I, you know, I put mine through a system. And then, but then I have to make sure I've got the right minerals to put that in as well. So, you know, and you can taste the difference in the water, um, yeah. you know, and there are, there are drops and things you can add to your waters and all sorts. But, you know, and, and I suppose the biggest thing, because they say about your, your, um, bowel your gut is your brain some people say it's your second brain and some people say it's your first and yeah. i think well it's funny because i think well i don't think of my brain being down there i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um what would you recommend to help people you know to have um like a good a good clear bowel movement you know because i know a lot of people suffer you know and again it could be diet or they're not letting go of things and you know yeah. the emotional. so yeah so it goes back to what guidance would you give to people to help their bodies um mm -hmm. and then they can take go go and see somebody like yourselves if yeah if, you know, they're not changing anything yeah yeah so, and i think oh you yeah. go <laughs> that's right you go for it <laughs> um there's so many different factors that can be, like you said, causing those bowel issues, you know, like um, looking at diet and those kinds of things is, is a part of it. Um, another thing that often can cause us to have sluggish bowels is our liver actually mm. not detoxifying properly. And we have three levels of detoxification in our liver. And if, if, if it's not cleansing properly, if it's not getting rid of those toxins, um, we we can have that build up in our body as well. And so often giving liver support is really important. Um, and, and I mean, we can do this through many different ways, through certain foods um, that stimulate the liver, thinking about bitter foods, those things that um, stimulate the liver um, secretions to, to break, um, to get rid of those toxins out of the liver. We often use herbal medicine as well. Um, and you know slippery elm is really trending at the moment um you've probably heard of it um yeah. it's a really good one um which often helps people with their bowels as well but it's really looking at not just you know getting getting your bowels to cleanse because a lot of the patients that we see you know are taking daily fiber and things like that that are not necessarily natural fibers and things like that so we actually are trying to get to what is causing that sluggish bowel. And like you said, it can be emotional things as well. Um, it can be not drinking enough water, um, not having enough minerals. Um, there are so many things that can cause that. And um, and I think movement is a big one as well. You know, we live in, a, in an environment where we're sitting down so often um, and I don't know if you've ever experienced where you've gone for a big old walk and then you have a, a bowel motion afterwards. And um, <laughs> so because your body is actually loving that, it needs that movement. And I think a lot of the time, and, and you know, hemorrhoids is a big thing as well. And, and, um, and that often can come from sitting down for a long time as well and just having lots of pressure on that area. Um, and our bodies are made to move. So um, if you're having constipation, I would say get your body moving, 
drink more water. Um, even adding a pinch of Celtic salt into your water can mm -hmm. help with levels. Um, and look at your lifestyle. Do you notice that you're more constipated after you're eating certain foods? Um, and are you stressed? Do you feel like you're holding on to anything? Do you need to go outside and sit on the grass and do some deep breathing? You know, look at all these aspects and see what is actually working um, for me and what do I feel like is causing this? Um, and yeah, I would speak to a naturopath um, or somebody that you trust uh, in the health space to help you if you're not getting the results that you want. Mm. Yeah. Not, sorry, <laughs> well, it's not an fix, is it? It's, um, uh, I'll answer Carol's question in a sec, but it's not, you know, like, again, you can't go in the health shop and say, I have 20 pounds worth of health and you fix that and everything's hunky-dory. You know, there's yeah. so many, uh, you know, layers and aspects yeah. to the body, spiritual, emotional, physical. That, you know, it's, yeah. I don't want to use the word minefield, but it's like a, ho a whole system in itself, isn't it? That, like, you know, again, it's a puzzle, you know, where we start doing the water and, and like I've been doing like lemon in my water, you know, yeah. I sleep at night, always got a glass by the bed and I've got lemon in the morning and then I, I'll have a, a cup of hot water with a slice of lemon in and I've mm -hmm. taken I always used to love black or grey or lady grey and I could always see the tannin left in the cup and you mm -hmm. know I look at it and think about it but anyway I've taken myself off tea completely not that I drink that many a day um, mm -hmm. so I think well because obviously the tannin you know they used to use the tannin to colour leather didn't they you know and I was thinking well you know if I go on drinking this I wonder what color my insides are <laughs> yeah that's right um, so lemon would have been beneficial in there as in coming back to like Esther was saying about the bitter properties so having um the water and the movement and the fiber from lots of um plant foods so plant food vegetable fibers are very good they work in a couple of ways because you're getting the actual fiber to help move everything through but you're also getting the feeding of your microbes in the gut and in the balance which their job is very important in digesting your food properly so it is in the right yeah. form to pass through and to have a smoother bowel motion as well so getting yeah. um, the variety and especially some raw vegetables in there especially to get yeah yeah and the bitters greens your endives and your rocket and get some ginger into your diet be it in tea or in food or some sort of way there too but the lemon so the lemon in your tea would have been nice but <laughs> for a lot of systems um, the lemon can be very beneficial and the, the lemon is useful as well for the liver and helping with that stimulation of digestion and emulsifying the oils and fats and through the bile production so if you don't have a gallbladder or if your gallbladder is not working as effectively or as efficiently, um, then sometimes things like the lemon in the diet with the food can help, as well as being aware not to eat too many oils and fats at one time because your body doesn't have a big store of that bile to help process it. So what oils would you recommend people take? Because you know, you've got three, six, nine, and you've got hemp oil mm -hmm. and the oil. There's so many oils, and I always think, well, you you need to make sure you've got oil in your diet because otherwise, 
you know, it's like a car. If you don't put the oil in, you seize up, don't you? So, what, <laughs> you know, especially when you get to the later stages of life, it's important that you, you know, you're taking your water, your, your batteries topped up, and, and all the things. So, yeah, what would you, what oils would you recommend? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's so many great oils. Um, obviously, the ones that are high in omega threes are really, really important. And I think there's a lot of controversy around them that people often think, oh, if I'm having oil, I'm going to get fat. Um, but actually, if we're having omega-3s, that's actually, um, the research show, shows that it's actually supporting weight loss and supporting healthy weight and metabolism. And so, I mean, you know, um, whenever you're going for an oil, I would always encourage you to go for something that's cold pressed, that's really um, processed well, extra virgin, like extra virgin olive oil that's cold pressed is really great. Um, and, um, you know, I think also variety. Um, so, you know, here at the clinic, I've got a little bit of walnut oil and I'll sometimes drizzle that on my salad and sometimes I'll do olive oil and, um, and, and flaxseed is also another really great one. Um, and there's, there's a lot of oils in our foods as well. Like you think about chia seeds and nuts and things like that that we're eating. They also contain a lot of oils. Um, so I don't think there's one that's like the best oil to take. I think it's moderation of, of um, sorry, not moderation, variety of oils are important. But obviously staying away from those saturated, highly processed oils and focusing mm. on more of the um, yeah, the olives and the um, the walnuts and the avocados and the flax seeds and all of those kinds of oils um, that are doing much better things for your body. Mm. Mm. So, any other guidance or recommendations to? Because uh, obviously, you know, like I suppose, like detoxing for people. Um, I'm not a great one for fasting, like because I like my food and that, that's my choice. <laughs> Um, but I keep thinking, oh, one of these days I'll just do a one-day fast. And I know friends have done like a week's fasting and all of that. So, um, what was I? So, like you know, people, some people have had to take different things for different reasons, and it wasn't yeah. for their highest good. Um, so, what else would you recommend? You know, apart from seeing somebody, just general guidance along the way. Um, mm to help people like you know obviously we've mentioned the oil obviously taking a slice of lemon in um warm water is good um any yeah. other suggestions for general bowel health and keeping everything yeah up? yeah so yeah and generally like esther was saying mm -hmm. the movement as well so whatever capacity that can be um yeah. for you as well mm -hmm. um that's something certainly good they probably some yeah. of the biggest things getting the fiber the lemon mm -hmm. um juices can be helpful in the right sense of if you can get some of those bitter foods into some of those juices and yeah. stimulate so not just the slice of lemon but you can use um different foods so um mm -hmm. some good digestive juices that you can have mm -hmm. uh, things like celery carrot beetroot ginger a bit of a combo mm -hmm. of those with a bit of green apple in it as well yeah um, yeah. with nice digestive juice and that would stimulate a lot of enzymes in different parts of the digestive tract and might just yeah. help move things along but do remember to dilute your juice with water as well because it is very concentrated um, and it's sticking to something like that suggestion where there's more of the vegetable not just a fruit juice yeah. where it's going to be super highly concentrated in sugars you still get sugars from your vegetables um, mm. but not 
quite as highly concentrated in the fructose sugars there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that people often do is have a lot of water with their meals. And this is actually um, a bit of a no-no because what it does is it dilutes our stomach acid. Um, so if you're eating food and you're just drinking cups of water while you're doing it, this is actually not doing great things for our digestion. So um, I often recommend people, if they're going to have some water, just take little sips um, and, and try and wait half an hour to an hour after you've had your meal to actually have a glass of water or, or have a drink of something. Um, so you can let your digestive system do, do the work. Um, another thing that's really great as well is um, things like teas, like simple teas, like Jackie mentioned ginger. There's also things like dandelion, which is amazing for the liver. It's also great for the gallbladder. I know we had a gallbladder question before. Um, and, and also things like milk, thistle, tea. Um, you've got things like apple cider vinegar, which for some people um, sits really well and helps, and other people it's a little bit too harsh. So you've also got to be careful of that. Um, but uh, simple things, yeah, like having some ginger before your meals. Um, and often we use drops with our, um, we have herbal extracts that we use and we'll sometimes do some drops of ginger in a little bit of water before your meals to help to stimulate that digestion. Um, so there's plenty of things that you probably have at home. Um, if you're brave enough to go pick a dandelion plant and, and have some of that into your salad, just make sure you pick the right thing and don't poison yourself. Um, <laughs> but you can also put that in your salad and that bitterness will really get those um, digestion um, juices flowing. And um, yeah, bitters are super important for your digestion and your health. But also the guideline for optimal health is to eat 30 different plants a week. Um, 30. 30. And so this can be in the form of plants or herbs, so anything that's kind of growing, growing in the ground, um, and this actually is quite hard to achieve. But the research is showing that if we are trying to have much more of a diverse range of vegetables and um, fruits and plants, that our microbiome is is much happier and healthier, and so that will keep us healthier into the long run. Um, and another fun fact is that you're supposed to chew your food 30 times before you swallow as well which I don't know if you've tried to do that, but once you get to bed, there's pretty much no food left in your mouth. Um, and it's very challenging. I know I am not doing this myself, but I'm trying to be more conscious of how many times am I chewing my food. Um, so maybe start small, maybe start with 10 and then go up from there if you're not chewing your food a lot. Um, but this is where our food starts to break down in our mouth too, so that when it gets to the digestive tract, there's a lot of the work already done. And this then puts less pressure on our um, on our bowels and on all of our liver and our gallbladder and all of these other processes in the body as well. Um, yeah, so there's mm. some tips there as well. And looking at holistic health, the other thing with um, the bowels is sometimes our bowels will be sluggish or will change when we are holding on to a lot of things. Mm. So if we're either really busy or if we're feeling a bit stressed as well. So... Um, doing something like deep breathing exercises like you would to relax, relax muscles. And they're involuntary muscle contractions that happen in the bowel. You don't actually have a lot of control over how much they're contracting like you can with an arm or a leg muscle. But if you can do some breathing and relax your system, it can 
help sometimes just to allow everything to let go a little bit more, especially if you're busy or you've got things on your mind or you are going through a stressful period in your life as well, which happens to most people from time to time. Mm. along with that side of things while we're talking bowels as naturopaths we do love to talk about bowels and guts and Mm -hmm. digestions because it really is so important it's where we put all our food and the information a lot of information from our external environment goes in and is processed and helps to nourish and give information to what we want our bodies to do Mm -hmm. Um, i often use a bit of an old school analogy um, which has changed a bit of thinking of it like a computer so if we're if you're typing along on a computer and you make a couple of little mistakes, a spell checker will fix it up. So if you put a few extra things in, your body will sort it out, it can handle it. But if you just start hitting the keyboard randomly, you're not going to get the results you want from your computer. If you're putting in all sorts of things that your body can't recognise and, and mm-hmm. doesn't understand what you're wanting it to do, essentially. It's a very simplified analogy, but it's a bit easier way to remember the, the simple, the fresh, and the natural things in our environment and in our food, especially, is the best thing for getting the results we want from our body, especially if we want it to be energetic and healthy and functioning and well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but with bowels, you can work on training your bowel as well. So um, sometimes, if people are very busy, and they might get an urge to move their bowels, they may not listen to that urge and may not be listening to their body. And over time, that can make a big difference as well. Um, so retraining your bowels, giving them a chance to go when you do need to go, or just yeah. giving them the option at the same time each day to go as well can be helpful. And that is through that nervous system link and um, with our bodies and that different levels of emotional and physical connection it can really make a difference in the bowels is one area that can really reflect that the skin and the bowels that's for sure absolutely and even massaging your colon is really helpful Um, so starting from the lower right side and massaging all the way up to the top of above your belly button all the way down to the left side um, and just giving that a really good massage um, can really help to move your bowels along as well. And um, and castor oil packs are really great as well, if you've heard of those. You can yeah, I was going to yeah. say about castor oil, go on. Yeah, you can mm. buy them online or, um, or uh, I don't have one, but if I've ever had any issues with my stomach or pain or things like that, I've just popped some on my tummy and um, just put some paper towel or, or, or a tea towel around there and just let it sit. Um, and that can be really helpful as well, not only for constipation, but like things like um, like period pain, um, any kind of, um, if you've got um, like, uh, like bowel disease or those kinds of things as well, um, Crohn's, those kinds of things can really help to soothe that as well. Right, um, Cloud Song is asking, what would you recommend food-wise for a brain neuron change? This is a, there is a good reason why I asked. I'm curious about the reason. So brain neuron change, um, I guess I'm looking at things to make suggestions of things that can help with brain neuroplasticity um, might be what you're looking at, which is the adaption of the neurons and how they can grow and change the directions that they're moving. Um, So things that can help with that side of things from a food, again, probably looking at 
foods, things like your rosemaries, um, things like keeping inflammation at bay um, will help the body um, to have balance there. So things along particular pathways, rosemaries, turmerics, mm. um, those sorts of foods can be beneficial for healthy brain function um, and healthy neuron development and adjustment. I'm not mm. sure if that's answering the question, if there was a reason why you were asking, but I hope it does help there. Other than it is important to provide um, just general balance, so things like proteins for repair and development in those neurons, getting your amino acid balance across the board. So if you are um, vegetarian, make sure that you are combining your proteins effectively to get um, to get the right balance and complete proteins of the amino acids mm -hmm. in each different source of food. Mm. Okay. Now, uh, since COVID, all my tastes have gone to being disgusting in even water. Mm. That's no fun because tasting food is a very good thing. It's a, a that we, we love to be able to enjoy and to have. So, um, yeah, so I'd look at keeping, especially um, keeping inflammation at bay. So along the lines of keeping, you could try adding into your diet and in tea form, things like rosemaries, turmerics, um, those sorts of food sources um, might add some benefit there as well. It would be individualized. Sometimes there can be particular nutrients to do with taste receptors that might be deficient as well. So. Right. Um, what to take for a COPD? That's another complex one <laughs> there as well. So um, for COPD, probably that's one I'd probably want to know more, a bit more information about myself. I don't know, Esther, you might have some other generalised suggestions, but because it is quite a chronic um, thing there as well, um, just keeping moving to an ability depending where your lung function is at as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things like um, uh, like heavy metals can also affect some of this to do with your breathing as well. Um, and so maybe looking at some liver detoxification, um, drawing out um, some of the heavy metals from your body as well. Um, sometimes, the, like I was mentioning before, the histamine, sometimes if they're high as well, they can cause more of that um, obstruction in the in the lungs and and I know recently there's at least in Brisbane there's been a fair bit of um, respiratory virus going around and uh, a lot of people are having um, lung lung lingering lung symptoms and um, so like Jackie said look at the air quality the air environment look at um, really um, mindful breathing as much as you can in that process to um, get as much oxygen into your lungs as you can um, simple things like grounding outside with your bare feet can help to reduce that inflammation in your body and really help with that. Um, but yeah, look at liver detoxification as well and, and reducing heavy metals and histamines from the body could be an aspect to that. Yeah. Good try for the lungs if there's a lot of um, heavy mucus that's there with the COPD as well. Sometimes a herbal tea combining things like thyme, ginger. Mm -hmm. And maybe a little bit of lemon if it's hard to lift the mucus as well can be beneficial and might help with some of the symptoms yeah and the turmeric like jackie was mentioning before the turmeric is really anti-inflammatory um and the ginger and those things that are going to bring down that inflammation in the body 
vitamin D is really important too. Like, um, you know, making sure you're getting enough sun, making sure you're getting enough vitamin D in foods. Um, and then, and then, you know, as naturopaths, we've got a lot of tool, tools in our um, tool belt. So we use a lot of nutritional things as well and herbal medicines to support this as well. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we go today? I, 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 do. I, just, I do. Just one second. Yeah. I was going to no, say no. antibiotics because so many people are being given antibiotics and yet they do terrible damage they, they remove all the good guys don't they at the system and then you you've got to sort of build yourself up again and take probiotics and prebiotics and all sorts of things to build your gut back up so do you find that's a problem um people come to you with you know taking antibiotics but it's not really it's just done a quick effect on people but it's not really got it out of the system Sometimes we um, find that we can add a lot more support there, depending on what's happening, what the antibiotic is for. But for instance, we were just talking about respiratory things. So if someone has a cough and a chest infection and they're taking an antibiotic, or if they've had recurrent lots of them and they're needing lots, um, that's probably more likely when they will come to see us. But we often can provide extra support. And that's what we love about our herbs and the synergy Mm -hmm. and the different actions that they can have. Um, So not only is it about killing off the infection but the herbs and uh, that we use can help to um, lift the mucus so you're reducing your chances of secondary infection um, coming back again they can also help with tonifying the tissue and helping Mm -hmm. you to recover better as well so that's usually something we'll individualize and there's not really a one-size-fits-all uh, formula yeah. it really is different for everybody so I couldn't even give other than the um, like a tea form if you've got a bit of a cough sometimes a bit of a thyme ginger lemon tea can be helpful but sometimes a herbal tea is not quite enough but the tea can be very nice and it's a good place to start yeah right. and honestly herbal medicine is so incredibly powerful um, so that like the extracts that we use are at a really high potency and that's why you have to be prescribed to them you can't just go and buy them store um but um you know I, I like in the past i had a lot of sickness especially around the time that i had chronic fatigue and i was getting sick all the time all winter um but obviously i've built up my body a lot since then but um anytime that i feel a sniffle coming on or i feel run down or i feel like i've got a fever coming on if i take some herbs um i would say 95 percent of the time it doesn't come on and um and we have people often call us who are sick and they're like can you please make me something and we'll we'll make a personalized herbal mixture um depending on what symptoms they're experiencing and what's going on for them like jackie was saying if there's mucus there's cough if all of those things are going on and so i would encourage people that if antibiotics is is quite a normal thing for you to take and it and it's um your kind of your go-to i would consider trying some other things um, as well and and allow antibiotics to be for those times that you really need it um and and um and you know things like manuka honey is amazing as well Mm. and so full of it's nature's um antibiotic really it does so many beautiful things for the body um and um there's so many natural antibiotics that we can have through our food and through herbs and so i would 
not always let antibiotics be your first port of call, but think about other ways. And it may take a day or two longer, and that's okay um, for the long-term benefit of, of actually building your immunity up rather than um, killing off a lot of those good bacteria that we have in the gut, because then we need to go in and do work to rebuild them up, and that can be a process as well. We absolutely can build them back up if you've had antibiotics um, and we do that often with people. Um, but yeah, it's always good if it's not your first port of call. Brilliant. Thank you. Okay, over to you, Jeffrey. Hey, yeah, I've been listening to you girls and it's been a really um, fascinating subject. And, um, and I'm talking as a mere male here because it's uh, something that you know, females are recognised as spending 70% of the household budget and that um, requires them to buy the food and medicines. For, for, and they're always, mothers are always watching their kids and making sure that they're all in a healthy state and they probably know more about their child than, than the, the medical world. My point by listening to your show as a mere male is that I'm hearing about the food and, and most of the food that you've been talking about is all from the vegetable world or the fruit world. And to me, it's actually mother's nature's medicine chest. It's all got a high vibrancy that's, um, mm -hmm. and we're participating in the food chain with um, a food that's basically alive, if, if yeah. I'm gonna make that statement, as opposed to dead processed food with emulsors. Um, and it's not really doing ourselves any good. So. Um, and it was really interesting to hear about using the cold pressed juice, um, the ginger, the turmeric, the rosemary, the dandelion. I mean, um, they're all natural products that are available for people, including the herbs that people can have in their own garden. Um, yes. We got so used to, the, I'm going to use the analogy of the McDonald's drive through that as Andrina says, we want our 20 pounds going from the health shop to fix us up. <laughs> when, um, your car goes in for a, a roadworthy or over in, U, in the UK, it's an MOT, an annual MOT. So taking your physical body in for a check and, and naturally I've come into you girls um, and just getting the once over gives people the opportunity to bring the body back into balance. And there's a key word that you said in the subject there tonight was um, the pH level and having um, the acid or the alkaline status on your gut um do you want to share a bit more about the fact that you know food and well we didn't even talk about sound because andrea loves sound as a vibrational medicine and of course sound's being used to break up gallstones and kidney stones but can you want to just elaborate a bit more on um, the vibrancy of of nutritional food you know as part of a natural mm -hmm. health solution yeah absolutely i mean I don't know, <laughs> we probably have both both have bits to share on this. Um, but, you know, um, like you said, there's different energy from from foods as well. And um, and we often look at this. So a classic example is, you know, ginger versus peppermint. Um, both can do very similar things in the body, but both have very different um, energetic makeups. The ginger is very heating. Um, and the peppermint is very cooling. So depending on what's going on, one will be better for you than the other. And coming into the pH, I think we live in very acidic environments. Stress even causes acid in the body. Um, we we're exposed to chemicals and pesticides and all of these things all the time, which change our pH, our water, all of these things. 
and um, and we're eating very acidic foods as well without really realizing it. So we're looking at the processed foods. We're looking at um, a lot of like high meat consumption. Um, even some of our vegetables and things like that are quite acidic as well. And so what we look at is is what alkaline foods can we bring into the diet. Um, a great one is spinach. Actually, adding a adding a handful of spinach to your food can really help to alkalize it. Um, and and you know things like lemons is is a funny one because it's acidy, but it actually alkalizes in the body. Um, and so we're always looking at pH because it is a big issue. And even things like um, restless legs and um, reflux and these kinds of things can also um, be partly from an acidic environment. And, and as you probably know, a lot of disease can be birthed out of an acidic environment as well. And so we're always looking at how we can alkalize through our food, um, but also alongside that stress reduction, um, good sleep, good water, all of these things to reduce that. And that was something that we found, like Carol's put about acidic, you know, like some of the soaps are very acidic and the, and the body washes and things. Yes. And you think it says natural, but they're not. When you look at the ingredients, you know, you really got to check your labels if you really want to fine tune, you know, what you're putting in from outside, let alone inside, eh? Absolutely. I know I used to get, I well, I've got a pack of um, pH strips, which I haven't done for a while, so I'll have to do, which I've done in the morning just to see, you know, what, color is on the to see how I'm doing or whether I need to up more lemon or you know more green stuff that's always yeah. a good indicator isn't it yeah it does give you a good indication and it's also important to realize that there's different parts of the body that are naturally designed to be more acidic or more alkaline than other parts mm. as well so for instance we want good stomach acids when we want to break down and digest our foods and there's other parts of the body that we do want that acidity at the right times. So yeah. using things like the lemon to encourage that acidity helps the food be broken down more efficiently, which helps the breakdown products um, to yeah. balance the pH in the body as it's absorbed further down the digestive tract as well. Yeah. 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 It is re-educating yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And I want to just quickly mention um, something that you said before, Jeff, is like often um, whether it's males or whether whoever it is, sometimes it's uh, you wait a long time until you get to that point. And um, and I would encourage everybody that one of our one of our naturopathic principles that we didn't touch on was prevention is better than cure. And don't wait until your body is having all of these big mm. signs to actually do something about it. But but um, you know yourself, start researching, start making a few little changes. Maybe go and see a naturopath and and say hey like i'm feeling okay but i just want you to check me over and see what's going on is there some things that i can be doing differently or better to set me up for health into the future as well because once you get to that state where your body is showing these big signs it, it does take longer and it you may not always get a hundred percent healing um if it's been going on for a long time and so we want to be able to prevent that before you get to that stage as well and set you up for good health into the future the um you know you, you see a lot of males from about 50 onwards and they all have their they're all pregnant with their bare bellies or whatever you want to call it yeah yeah i mean 
those type of fellows actually end up coming in and seeing you? I mean, do they start looking at their, their health? or? I mean, most guys will go to retirement at 65 and then within a short period of time, just kick the bucket, gone. Yeah. No, we do. We do see men, especially, um, well, not especially, but some men as they get older, some young men as well for a number of different things. But you mentioned in particular men who might have that beer belly as such and come in because they're thinking, oh, where's this come from? What's going on? Um, and there can be a number of reasons. And that can be as people, like you said, you use the example of 50 plus and we're looking at hormonal changes can happen around there. It's not yeah. the only thing. Obviously we need to look at everything, um, but our bodies do change. Our bodies do go through different phases and different seasons and they do change. And that's part of what we do need to adapt and adjust as our bodies are going through these different phases mm -hmm. so that they can stay as healthy as possible. It's part of the natural cycle. Yeah, that's what I was leading on before. Females more um, more open to go and see about their health, and, and males in terms of men's yeah. health, we, men are not really. We probably do see more females, but we do actually see a few males, which is really great, and that's really encouraging to see that um, some are dragged along by females themselves, um, but some do come of their own accord because they want to feel better. They want to heal up skin rashes. They want their digestion to feel better. They want to get rid of the sore tummies that they've constantly got or or they might want to look at what's happening with um, changes in their body as they're getting older there as well. So, yeah, we do see a few men in different, many different ways that we can help them to get yeah. health and energy back. Yeah. So when they have a muffler problem, do you give them charcoal? Uh, we again it depends that is something that's thrown into the mix of consideration so depending on what's going on um so we know yeah. that the charcoal does absorb so it can be used for some at least relief at the time from the symptoms <laughs> there as well um but yeah just making sure that it is all balanced and that sometimes there's time limits on how long you want to use things for um if things are very good at absorbing what's in the body sometimes that can absorb different nutrients as well and we want to make sure that the nutrients are available for the body to be able to use as well yeah yeah now, in, in australia um, the vegemite you know the little vegemite song and it's full of vitamin b <laughs> and having vegemite on toast for vegemite sandwiches um if you ask Andrea, when she first came to australia she was getting bitten all the time you know she was just fresh meat for all the insects but the Aussies who have been on Vegemite as a kids, they never got the, the same results. Um, but I was brought to my, my attention last Sunday that um, that's the wrong yeast that's in, um, in Vegemite. You need nutritional yeast. Um, it's almost like a cheesy type flavor. Is, yeah. What do you know about that particular product? Yeah, I know it's great to use. So if someone's trying to avoid dairy, you can use your nutritional yeast. It can add that um, cheesy, like you said, cheesy type flavour um, to different dishes and things like that. But it also does provide a lot of different nutrients, especially a lot of your B vitamins there yeah. as well. Yeah, so that, that a is lot a good of have it <laughs> generally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, very good. There's a question yeah. coming up. Have you tried the nutritional yeast? <laughs> yeah, uh, what actually happened was um, it seemed to get stuck in your teeth and in your gums. Oh, I, got, um, I didn't actually put it on any 
salads or anything. I just put my hand in there and just put it in the mouth to build up its saliva, but it seemed to stick with, within the mouth. So um, it had a nice cheesy taste. But I just had to get water and twirl it around and drink it. But yeah. It was quite yeah. nice. The flavor. I've seen it used with um, to make your own dips and things instead of creamy based spinachy dips. You can use the nutritional yeast in with spinach and different spices and herbs, and that comes out quite nice as like a dip option as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do 100 sips. Okay. Do 100 sips a day. Well, if you've got a great, a, a large <laughs> belly, you can't do a setup. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like Jackie was saying before, um, you know, often if there's a hormonal component, um, it can be very challenging to lose that weight because we see a lot of men and women who kind of get to that 50 plus um, age group and they're really struggling, especially with that um, fat around the belly and struggling mm -hmm. to lose weight there. And a lot of the time this is hormonal. So men, um, sometimes we, we do testing on, on men as well as women on their hormones. And sometimes it's a lack of testosterone and um, an increase in estrogen that can, um, that can be a challenge for them. Even though they're working out every day, they're just not losing that belly fat or they've also got excess breast tissue and things like that that they don't want. And the same with women, um, there's a massive hormonal component to that menopausal weight gain a lot of the time as well. And so we work to balance those hormones um, so that you can effectively lose weight um, and be at a good weight. Mm. Mm. <laughs> right, was there, um, right, um, Moraline says, can you give example of natural probiotics? Um, <laughs> But I, talking about that, I was told to take inulin. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know it there. And it's mm -hmm. lovely. It's 100% it's natural fiber. I don't know any more about it, but it's really sweet. And I think, wow. And I looked, checked on the jar. I thought, well, what's in there that it tastes really nice? But um, okay. I don't know what your thoughts on that because I only came across it later. Yeah, inulin is a great prebiotic. So it gets a bit confusing. We can talk about prebiotics and probiotics. Mm. And so the inulin becomes like a food for your probiotics, essentially. So it's also a good fibre source there as yeah. well. So great yeah. for that bowel balance. Um, there yeah, is that would be good for children, wouldn't it? Because it tastes nice. It really it tastes can, nice. Yeah, and it. it can be naturally found in some different foods, so different herbs, chicory, and um, mm -hmm. so there's some different foods, even um, things like asparagus are a bit more rich in the inulin and some of the prebiotic-type foods. So back yeah. to it again, if you try to get a variety of different vegetables and foods you can get some of these things but if you yeah. do need a bit more then it can help there are some mm -hmm. people who might take inulin though and it might upset them because yes. some digestive yeah. systems don't do well at digesting the inulin yeah. in the mm -hmm. um, way that it's fermented or can break mm -hmm. down and ferment as a prebiotic in the system too back yeah. to everybody is different <laughs> well, yeah. you just talked about asparagus <laughs> Every time I go through the supermarket, I, I clock off, I don't see it. And now you bought it, I'm probably going to find it now. It's just like, yeah. You, yeah. You, know, you drive along, and all of a sudden you have a, a RAV4, and all of a sudden every car's a RAV4. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what's the benefit of asparagus? Then? Sorry? What's, what's the benefits of asparagus? Um, I think that a lot for um, digestive health is one of the things I think of it most because it is a good source of those prebiotic fibers. Um, is there any other main things you use it with, Esther? Or? 
Oh, gosh, you got you stumped me on this one. Um, it's hard to remember all the nutrients of all the foods yeah. off the top of the head. Mm. Um, I can't I'll remember. You, what about radishes? And radishes. Again, that nice bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. great for the liver um, and the gallbladder. Um, yeah. I, I often use it for that bitter component, really. Yeah. And um, mm. my luck for chocolate, so the dark chocolate that you get from Aldi stores. Is... Yeah, it's good. Anything above 70%, I reckon, um, is okay. is the best because it's um, lower in sugar and you're getting more of that um, cacao. Um, try and get as much of a natural chocolate as you can. But chocolate's great. It's also a really good source of iron um, as well. And, um, yeah, we're not against chocolate for sure, just getting a yeah. good quality getting a good quality chocolate um <laughs> probably coming back to that question on um, probiotic foods as well um so like jackie said there's prebiotics and there's probiotics and i think a lot of the time people don't know what the difference is for that and the probiotics are putting the good bacteria into the gut and the prebiotics are feeding the good bacteria and so as we eat as we put the good bacteria in we also want to feed it so that it keeps growing and multiplying and staying healthy in our gut um, and so, um, and so those things like the inulin is a prebiotic, but a lot of people do have upset with inulin. We often use something called, um, partially hydrolyzed guar gum, it's called PHGG. And we notice a lot, lot, um, more people don't have issues with that. It's a prebiotic, but then probiotics, you think about things like obviously your good quality yogurts. Um, and if you're dairy free going for, um, the dairy free yogurts. Um, your um, sauerkrauts and any of your fermented foods are really great probiotics. Um, what else, Jackie? Um, yeah, so yeah, fermented foods and kefirs and things yeah. like that are probably the probiotic sources because you've got those fermented bacterias. Um, you can make your own yogurts and kefirs and things like that if you mm. want to to. Um, not have extra added things again coming back to labels um yeah. because people do want probiotic foods sometimes there'll be probiotics added but there can also be other things often you need to add a little bit of sugar to feed and to ferment to create those products or some sort of a food source for the bacteria there so there might mm -hmm. be a little bit um, but you can make your own as well yeah. and you can make your own fermented vegetables um, not just the sauerkraut, but a lot of different vegetables, or you can get them as well. Yeah. So they're probably the main sources of probiotic foods. Yeah, and something you can also do is if you have any of uh, any probiotic capsules at home that you've got in your fridge or something, um, open up a capsule and tip it into your yogurt and give it a stir because this again helps to grow that um, the probiotics to to become even more in that yogurt. Where sometimes there's they're not as high as we think they will be. Um, so that's a little hot tip that I often do. <laughs> um, right. Young, shame youngsters aren't educated more as we throw away a lot of foods that are good for us, chopping the tops off different foods. Example, pineapple tops, blend it all. It's all anti-cancerous. And broccoli stems. <laughs> broccoli stems are good. That's another one. Yeah. We should include all of the food, the whole food. In yeah, because people place. chop the you know the bit at the yeah. bottom, and you yeah. use the top bit, but the bottom is just you know you can put that in a soup mixer or or something yes. like that. Yeah. Or cook it a little bit longer, put it in a bit sooner, and cook it a little bit longer to break it yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, and even like um the the cauliflower and the broccoli um 
the little leaves that are on it. You can steam these up and they're, they're quite bitter as well. So they've got that really great, um, great digestive component when you're eating your food. Um, so that's another thing. You can steam that alongside what else is going on and it's a nice little extra. Hey, um, I went to um, the Chinese New Year on Saturday. For the, the girls know the place, and Andrea knows, but people from overseas wouldn't know. But we've got this massive um, Buddhist temple here, not all that far from us. And I went on Saturday and I went to a tea meditation ceremony. And um, it was really quite fascinating because um, the lady had four different teas on offer Lulong, red tea, I never heard of red tea before. Um, green tea and high mountain tea and high mountain tea come from the mountains in Taiwan anyway um, so I said can I have the high mountain tea anyway part of the whole process was um, they have a little teapot and they um, put in the uh, it's like cracked pepper and they put it in there and then they put the hot water in it and they've got a clock 55 seconds would you believe and then wow. they pour it and pour it out of the teapot and they put it in a, a tea jug yeah. yeah and then they're going to pour it anyway so the thing is that you you hold the little cup like that it hasn't got a handle so you can put your little pinky yeah. up now, right? <laughs> so, but they ask you to put your hand like this and so you drink and a one is the the um protocols of you know don't show people you're drinking through your mouth but it's the nice aroma that when you go like that, it acts yeah. like a little thing and you, you can then um, breathe in the actual aroma through yeah. your nostrils. It was really like interesting little yeah. tea ceremony to learn about um, an aspect of having a high nutritional tea. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, teas are amazing. Mm. Anyway, it's on this weekend as well. So the Chinese New Year carries on down the radio. Yeah, it's beautiful watching the ceremonies. I, I, I had one once, a Chinese tea ceremony, and it was so beautiful. I love how they often pour it over the cups as well to heat up the cup and then such yeah, a beautiful process. And the therapeutic teas, I think, are underestimated. Um, you know, there's there's um, a lot that a, cup, a good cup of tea can fix, I reckon. Um, and it's not going to give you a super high, you know, dose of something. Um, but often it's just it's that gentle enough approach that it's going to help. And, um, you know, we see we often see this with young children and things like that, too, because it's a lower dose and we can use teas, um, certain types of teas and things for children as well as adults um, to help to bring calming, help with their teething, all of those sorts of things as well. Um, without having where in our um, herbal extracts there, a lot of the time, um, distilled in alcohol and sometimes people can't have that alcohol and and we have them in different things as well juices and glycerin and those kinds of things but teas are a great um a great thing for those people um especially if you've got things like eczema and really reactive skin sometimes having tea versus an alcohol tincture can um, be a lot better for the body because it's not responding super well to the alcohol and things well we're blessed in glastonbury um <clears throat> excuse me We've got a couple of health shops where we get, and I, I bought, um, I've been by, I've been drinking rubosh because I've given up tea, and I absolutely love it. So that's yeah. that's nice. And I bought dandelion um, right. roots and some. I forgot I've got all sorts out there, and I got my little teapot, so I, I let it brew. But we had dandelion tea the other night, and we have to simmer it for ten minutes, um, yeah, like 
with it. But oh, it was really delicious. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Was it the roasted dandelion that has a bit of a coffee-like taste? No, it's just, no. It was just just ordinary dandelion, but it was lovely. So I thought I'd yeah, get some more to take back in. Because mm. you can. Oh, I forgot to tell you, the fifty yeah. the fifty seconds was to allow those um, that pie mountain tea to crack open. But yeah, what you told me that if you carried on, it would then um, cook itself to the point that it'll lose all its flavour and becomes quite mm. a thick tea. Oh, I, I didn't realise that was how important what um, an aspect of um, drinking that type of tea. Yeah. Hey. Then, um, I wonder if the drinking with your hands over the top might have been to help hold, so that you were also getting some of the volatile oils from the plant as well. Sometimes that can be the case. Some teas are best brewed with a lid on top to keep all the active ingredients so they don't escape in the steam. So I think there's another say, and I can't remember, but I remember reading somewhere saying, when you drink your cup, always drink with your hands like that, you know, or around the cup. And I can't remember the reasons why, but it was sort of, yeah, it was recommended that yeah. you always hold your cup like that. Yeah, and like Jackie was saying, like, you know, for example, peppermint, you know, you want to try and keep the lid on when you're brewing peppermint tea because of those beautiful essential oils that are in in the um, in the peppermint actually do really beautiful things for your gut sometimes as well, mm. reducing bloating, all of those things. And if you let it all come out into the air, then you're missing a lot of that benefit. Oh, yeah. A bit yeah. like uh, Crocodile Dundee when he in, in New York and the guy's snorting coke and he says, here, mate, do this, and he gets the hot water and puts it in the pot there and puts a tea towel over it and breathe it in, mate. <laughs> that gets rid of the sinuses. Um, listen, um, I just had a funny feeling here that um, we've got so much knowledge being shared and um, people will be able to watch the show later on through the Facebook pages and the YouTube channels. But um, I'm going to give people a clue that if they go onto the Facebook pages, um, yeah. say they go onto Radio FM 88 Australia or Dreaming the New Dream or Andrina Forest Facebook pages, and um, they go to the site, <coughs> which would just you know, will come up, and just click onto the, the page and click the right button. And it says copy link, right? Now, when you do the copy link, then open up the browser and go to this particular page and then put that link into the, um, into the thing that says download and then click download. And then you can then save it onto your download uh, and your own computer on your hard drive. In other words, what I'm saying to you is, keep the show on your own computer that you can then use as a backstory because um, there is a potential there that um, we get the fun police who think that um, it's not in the interest of um, humanity to have this knowledge. So um, let's get the knowledge out there. Yeah. Anyway, Andrea, yeah. back to you. No, that's it. So that's been um, lovely, girls. Thank you very much for sharing and all what you're doing. And you know this you know you learn something each time and we pick up little tips and you yeah. know it's all helping everybody um yeah loose tea is better because bags are made partially with plastic and i've heard that so uh yeah anyway. some of them, yeah so um, yeah we love working with people of all ages and all you know um different lifestyles and we do in person and 
telehealth consults as well. So if you're not if you're not local to us, you can also book an appointment with us as well. Um, but if you're interested in in working alongside us, we'd absolutely love that as well. So you can just head to our website. I know the link was up there, oliahealth.com.au, and um, find out more of the information on there as well. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, ladies. It's been absolutely a pleasure to have you on the show, and you're both glowing with radiant health. So obviously, mm -hmm. what you're doing suits you. So. Thank you once again, and um, it's been an absolute delight. So, and thank you everybody for listening in and for your questions. Um, and you can contact the girls if you want to know anything else. And otherwise, same time, same place next week. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> that was very good. That's what life's all about, isn't it? It's about sharing the knowledge. Yes, absolutely. <laughs>